What's going on, everybody? Uh, very, very glad to be here with you all. This is the episode zero, the prologue, the pilot episode of the uncut pod, the untitled podcast about music. Sorry about that. I uh, do another podcast, the Uncut Dems mixtape, and I mixed up the two. So there's that. I'm a man of many endeavors. Um, He's you need like to. a Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, I definitely uh, feel like that. Um, again, just very excited to be here uh, with you all, um, especially with you, Desi, uh, one of my, my really, really good best friends in the whole wide world. And I think that one of the things that you and I have always been able to bond over is music. Um, you know, we've been knowing each other for more than half our lives, which is crazy uh, when you think about it. Um, and just think about how much music mm-hmm. we've shared through these years. Um, what well, we met, what, 2000? Yes. 2000. November 2000. <laughs> yeah, and here it is, 2021. It's crazy. Our friendship can go out and get a drink. Right. Well, not yet, because if it's um, if it's if it's November, but okay. but let's just say let's just say our friendship can go out and get a drink. But in any case, again, the reason why we're here is that me and one of my really good friends here have been able to just share uh, so much music through the years, and and also have so many detailed conversations about life based off music. We send in each other motivational song lyrics and have you heard this have you heard that so uh, super excited to have you guys here and i know i keep saying that. i feel like i'm talking around in circles but yeah that's 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 why we're here um 21 years what you got for the people des wow 21 years of great music great memories horrible music and great memories (laughs) (laughs) yes um i think we're here just because we're both passionate about it in different ways but at times those cross um i can say that our friendship at times has definitely been based on music but it has helped us grow to more in our friendship um, I know that there's some people, you know, they're like, oh my God, you listen to music all the way back from the 50s and the 60s because I love music. It doesn't have a time frame. It doesn't expire. Um, if I had to kind of pinpoint a moment in time where I felt like our bond was the best, it's probably when we do listen to old school, um, not just, you know, what's what's currently hot which is nothing but um yeah like we're we're soul mates in that respect i just want to touch on who am i i am someone who is very driven about music it can make me happy it can make me sad it can make me laugh. It can make me cry. There's been times, literally, that I felt like music was the only thing I had. It's brought me out of extremely dark places and continues to let me know that, you know, things will be okay no matter how hard it is or how bad it may seem. I've come through a lot in my life. I don't have a college education. 
And I think music has actually helped me stay on track to get to the point where I am. And most people are stunned when I tell them what I have accomplished by just good old hard work. And obviously all the things that we go through as young African-Americans in a corporate environment, it's hard. And some days music was the only thing that got me through. Hmm. So, no, but no, that's, that's a, uh, as the youth would say, that's a bar. <laughs> um, I like you, um, my musical journey just has been very much the same, you know, in every black household, Saturday or Sunday, cleanup day yes right cleanup day in a black household and you put on music so my parents so my mom is not really the music person she has a few favorites but now as she's like she's listening to a lot more like jazz like brian culberson boney james you know what I mean? Like, Wayman Tisdale, God bless the dead. You know, so, like, the jazz is more so her lane. Mm-hmm. But my dad was always, like, Motown. Okay. So whenever we would have cleanup days or when we would drive down to L.A. to go see, you know, his side of the family, it was Motown. So when we would drive, there would be a few things that for sure would happen. Blankets and pillows in the car, tuna fish sandwiches, and Motown. <laughs> right. And so my dad had this like box set of tapes oh of Motown. And so it was everybody from, you know, the Temps to Stevie, the whole roster, you know, Diana Ross Supreme's like the whole roster. So we would listen to for all six, however long hours it took. And so my dad would always play Stevie Wonder. And so by proxy, Growing up listening to Stevie and Anita and Patty. Oh, my God. Like, those became my favorites because that's what my dad listened to. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, and for that, Stevie is my favorite mm. a musical artist of all times. I go back and forth between Hotter Than July uh, and Inner Visions mm. as my favorite albums. To me, those are very complete um, bodies of work. Uh, but recently, I think I may have told you this, but recently I got into Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Oh, yes. Right. Um, and that, mm-hmm. and, and this goes to show, I think, what what excites me the most about these this podcast that we're doing is just to talk about how timeless music is. Because everything that Marvin Gaye was talking about and what's going on, Ooh. you can play right now and it's just as applicable. Another sneaky thing that he did, well, two things. One is that he sang his own vocals. There was actually an error with the encoding of his voice on one of the tracks, and it actually duplicated and echoed. He kept it in and created a, and created that sound where you're doing your own backup. So that's just what we call accidental fly shit. Um, and two, when you listen to it from front to back, it's like a, a tapestry every song bleeds into the next yes so you don't really it doesn't feel like you're listening to an album it's just one it's like one one song, one yes. song that ever changes mm-hmm. and i think that's so brilliant um but kind of bring bring things back um music just became a part of my everyday life because i was around it all the time yeah um and then you know you go through this phase where you're a teenager and then you want to start listening to what's hot amongst mm-hmm. people in your peer group now, I will tell you, 
you and I know this, that we grew up in the golden age of pretty much what all music we can go with the golden age of hip hop, the, the golden age of R&B. 90s R&B? I'm sorry, Motown fans. I'm sorry, 2000s R&B mm. fans. But 90s R&B, when you look at the amount of groups, when you had, who else you had? Guy, Jodeci. Who else? Who else was uh was there in the nineties? Guy groups. Um, a public announcement. Oh my god! No, you didn't go to the public announcement. I mean, like, there's so many that I can't even think of right now. Only females are coming to my head, like well, SWB, okay. Jade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, In Vogue. Oh, I'm- of course. Oh, um, oh man, you said SUV. Traces on my lipstick. Oh, escape. escape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Mary. Oh, of course. I mean, like, Mary is, is a fucking movement. I mean, like, my life album, y'all. Like, let me just tell y'all. That is the one. Um, If you ask me an artist, if we're just talking about one body of work, it has to be my life and it has to be Mary. I have not seen the documentary, but I will. Um, because I just heard that I got to sit down and really be ready. Um, that right there, my life was my life is what I felt like. But I was so, I was so young. Like, and it's like, how the hell did you know at 11, 12 that this was like, I used to cry listening to this album and I'm a child. (laughs) But. No, oh you, my god you guys now y'all think y'all got some hot shit all these people talking about mollies and booty models and and all this ice like we had real music we had people who really put their all in every ounce of their energy into their body of work and it was a real process oh oh actually speaking of which usher usher was in the oh 90s young usher young usher they call me you <laughs> Okay, so we have to get into this conversation uh, just really quickly. Uh, You know he's got a residency now in Vegas. I want to go. And tons of people are going. Actually, one of my people uh, went to the show yesterday, said it was phenomenal. My cousin went last week. Was it Kevin Hart was there? Was it that one? No, it was the day before. She is so mad. Oh. (laughs) So mad. So the last time I saw him was, this was like years, maybe 2014, 2015, when he was at San Jose. And that was a good that, I've never seen a show. You know that that was a that was a good show, that was a good show. Was it P that went? No, it was Brandy. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was Brandy. There's a funny story about one of Desi's cousins putting sending me to uh, the room like a child, um, so that she could record a video uh, for Usher to submit it. Uh, that's another story for another time. Uh, P, I love you, but I'll never forgive you. But it's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, my cousin is real serious about Usher y'all maybe we'll do an episode on that we can't so check it um, confessions mm. confessions I think confessions can go you know how we t- always talk about like artists who create flawless bodies of work yes um, Usher confessions yes. I think is number one on that list because you can play that from top to bottom wow. yes. and then didn't he have like an extended cut yeah, or something like was, that. It had some remixes and some other. Yeah, because that's the one with seduction on it, right? Because yes. it wasn't on the original yes, cut. Yes, that is correct. In question. Yes. Did you know that um, that Paula Patton sung on that album? No way. 
Yes. I thought she was just an actress. Her and Robin Thicke. Really? Yes. I didn't know Paula could sing. Yes. Paula sung the the female vocals on a few songs. What? Crazy, right? No, that's a great tidbit <laughs> of knowledge. I had, I had no idea. I actually was watching a documentary, and it wasn't about Usher. I think it was just about music. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were talking about it, and she was just like, yeah, she was like, they were like, can you come in the studio and sing these vocals? She was like, and I did it. Because I did not know that Robin Thicke worked on most of Confessions. Oh, I did not. I did not know that either. That's, That's so crazy. crazy. There's so there's, there's so many threads of people who 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 pitch in on these mm-hmm. different ideas. Like I still tripped out about you know the thong song and that whole story. You know about you know that track originally being from Michael Jackson. Yes. And it was actually an add-on accidentally to a beat tape, and then. Cisco turned the, the, the flight around to go get the beat and lay the track and then the rest is history crazy accidental fly shit happens all the time and I and I actually I think that's 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 dope and something to point out here since we like to make um, connections between life and music is that sometimes happy accidents can happen and so what you have to do what we all have to do a better job of is just opening up ourselves to experiences that we may not necessarily be expecting because sometimes you walk into a situation expecting one thing and you get another and that situation becomes something so priceless that it's like, I never thought something like this would ever happen to me, but I'm glad that it did. And it ends up changing your life or your perspective on something, which kind of helps you to change somebody else's life. And that's the blessing. Um, because yeah, Thong Song definitely changed my life because there was a lot of ass shaking in the club going on. So Cisco, thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And thank you to Drew Hill as well. Because uh, Beauty is her name. That was on plenty of Take Her Down CDs, mix CDs, uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, back in the day. That is still on my Deluxe Get the Draws Volume 2. Actually, I think Part 1 and 2. There is a Super Deluxe, but we ain't talking about that right now. (laughs) Were they 90s? Are they considered 90s, Yeah, they're considered 90s. Man, see? So many, so many hits. So many hits. Okay, so, Confessions is up there. Yeah. Um... I was it just listen? No, no. I just want to sing. Yes. Music's Music, first. Yes. His first Woo! album. Fire. Fire. He had a run. Yeah, he did. He had a run. I don't even know why it ended. Me. Nobody can tell me. Nobody can tell me why his run ended because you and I. Now you and I. We have plenty, plenty of conversations about how good that album or those albums so, were. Yeah, the first, like, three. Oh, Woo! my God. Soul Star. Yes. Just Listen and I Just Want to Sing, yes. those three. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Insane. Insane run. Mm-hmm. And it ended for no reason. It's crazy. And actually, y'all, sorry, I don't mean to cut my beautiful co-host off, but... I think what we're going to do for you guys, since we talk about so much music, is maybe give you guys a little playlist to go along with the episodes. Just, you know, for you young folk who who ain't really up on who and what we talking about, we can open your ears and your brain to something new. I think that's an idea. No, that's a great idea. I think that's a, a great idea. Um... It's so funny. I was about to say, you know, you can tell a lot about a person uh, by what they listen to. So, you know me, exercise fanatic. <laughs> in the gym four times a day. You know, I'm getting old. Uh, he thick, y'all. <laughs> so, check it. I'm sure when I have my headphones on, you know, the way I'm like bopping my head, uh, uh, getting it in. 
And I'm sure people's like, you know what? That bearded, tattooed black guy is probably listening to some very violent gangster rap. And I will tell you that I'm probably not. <laughs> I'm definitely listening to Zoom by the Commodores. Yes. Or listening to Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Yes. <laughs> or listening to, you know what? I even listen to some white people shit. I even listen to Stingin' the Police, Roxanne, classic okay. song. Um, for those of you who don't know, that was the song that was sampled in What Means the World to You by Cameron. Ooh. Um, so yeah, go check that out, uh, actually. That was on the SDE Sports, Drugs, and Entertainment uh, album. Confessions of Fire is still a classic, though. SDE, not so much. But that, that track is a standout. Anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, and I think that that goes to show about how diverse music is. You don't really have to just pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Um, I think I recently told you that I hadn't delved too much into Diana Ross's catalog. Um, but I was watching a television show and um, Ain't No Mountain High Enough came on. That's that's who. That's one of them joints. It is. And you know what? I even listened to that in the gym. And it's definitely not a workout song. But Diana Ross's vocal range. Insane is insane insane and i think there's so many people who don't really appreciate like i didn't appreciate uh of people our age appreciate her contribution to music mm-hmm. uh and i'll be the first one to say that you know i i was kind of tardy to the party who are, i'll ask you who are some of the other people um who whose vocal ranges do you think were just second to none? It could be men, men or women. Um, Whitney. Mm-hmm, Whitney. Um, Luther. Oh, hands down. <laughs> and we talking about big Luther, not little Luther. Um, wow. That is like, that's a real serious question because I have so many different names coming through, but like just outstanding vocals. It's hard because I feel like everyone was so in their own lane. That does make it very hard to disseminate. Case in point, my dad, huge fans. Well, huge fan of Patti LaBelle. Huge fan of Patti LaBelle. And then my uncle was a huge fan of Anita Baker. Oh, okay. Of Anita Baker, right? So I grew up listening to a lot more Patti than I did Anita. I wasn't introduced to Anita until later on a lot. And probably maybe I knew the basics, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think actually until the time that we start really hanging out, that I really got an introduction into like the full scope of Anita. So, but to your point, that's like one of those like they're they they're in their own lanes, but their vocal ability yeah is 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 unmatched. I actually think <laughs> we should do an episode. All I think about as well, all these great <laughs> ideas of white people. Ooh. So you know your Bobby Caldwells, you know your Michael McDonalds, mm-hmm. um, you know Hall and Oates. Of, of you know we may do like a power ranking of like white vocalists. Okay. I think that may may be a good idea. Gotta throw Phil in there though. Don't oh don't for sure. Hey. <laughs> yes. And people, uh, um, can y'all hear me? Turn me up. Black people, 
color people, yellow people, purple people, blue people, do not sleep on Phil Collins. Like real stuff. We might talk about a lot of African-American artists here, but Phil Collins, you have no idea how many songs you love that even just some of the beats, vocals were just stripped from him as a sample. Y'all sleep. No, true indeed. And when you talking about, you got to go back to your days of the Eurythmics to to go to go check out Phil Collins. Um, that was the group that he was with before he branched out uh, and went solo. So, uh, and even then, like you think about it, like not a lot of people know about the Eurythmics, you know. And I think again that speaks to our love of music is that branching out into other genres. Because mm-hmm. I even for a time dabbled in like classic rock and roll. Just because I wanted to switch up um, my ear, yeah, to hear different things, um, and I'm not talking about heavy metal or death metal. I'm talking about like classic rock and roll, so Led Zeppelin, AC/DC, uh, Queen. Now you want to talk about a vocalist, Ooh. Freddie Mercury's voice? Um, his vocal range was insane. Um, huge fan of Queen. If I had to. Pick a, a favorite rock and roll group. It would hands down be Queen. Really? Yeah, yeah. Freddie Mercury is is, is that guy. Um, and I also listen to like some Kiss, with Detroit Rock City, and you know all that stuff. Okay. I'm still a Stones girl. Stones. Yeah. I have not really listened to a lot of Stones. My mom, she was a huge Stones fan. Really? Oh yes. I would never have guessed. I did, I did some dabbling with the Ramones as well. Um, some really good music there, really good music there. Um, and then kind of started to branch off as well and like really getting into my jazz bag. Ooh, see now, now that I've, I've cracked the lid, but I have not dove like in, in, mm-hmm. I obviously I know the normal, of course, Charlie uh, Parker, Grover Washington, stuff miles, like that. um, but like, I want to get like real deep into jazz, like where I'm like, Ooh. I know who that is mm-hmm. just by the ear like I can with music literally I'll be somewhere and the music will be super low and I'm like mm, I think that's Jody Wiley and they're like no it ain't Shazam Jody Wiley thank you <laughs> that's your superpower <laughs> it is that is your superpower I I normally even samples if I'm listening to somebody I'm like I know that song I know that oh and I'm sorry guys I just have to stop you for a second your boy Hove, or I'm not sure what he's gonna call himself here, but that's what I call him. Imaginary Player by Jay-Z was sampled by Renee and Angela. And if you don't know who Angela Wimbush is, please go ahead and stop listening right now. Um, They actually had a song called Imaginary Playmates. Um, so check that out because that's actually one of my favorite samples of all time. Oh yeah, you know what? I think uh, I have it uh, one on my phone. We'll do one for the pod as well. Is we will um, basically do a playlist of the samples and link to the to, to the originals, Ooh, like so that. people can see. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's always good just to kind of trace music, and again, yes. just about music being timeless. I was watching a documentary on Illmatic, and they were saying how um, at this one hotel in New York City, in their like 
um, convention center, they would have like a record showcase. And so I said all the DJs from every borough would wake up early in the morning, line up, and they talking about the who, the who's who of DJs would be there. So you're talking about everybody, your DJ Red Alert, your Kid Capri's, your uh, DJ Clark Kent's, African Bombada, like wow. all these cats were lining up to get the um to get records and they would be trying to like to dig in the crates. Oh wow. So, um Large Professor is, is a legendary hip hop uh producer. He's worked with Nas on Illmatic. He worked uh with my favorite rap group of all time, Tribe Called Quest. Ooh. Um and so he was talking about how his process of making beats for Illmatic and he said he would just spend hours upon hours upon hours upon hours listening to music. From these vinyls and they would take this one piece chop it and loop it and that was the impetus for some of the most recognizable beats in hip-hop that you've ever heard and i just thought that was so so crazy so genius to me how that happens uh and again we're gonna just kind of take that into you know talking about how this is life because sometimes there's no other way to get the lesson than to go through the shit that you're going through. Man. And that one little, that lesson that you get, no matter how big or small, can have such big, div- it can pay such big dividends for you. Because it's like, that's the key. It's like that missing ingredient to that recipe. It's like, you know, you taste something, it's like, it's missing something. something. And I can't put my, I can't put my, my finger on it. Yeah. And you make it again, and ah, uh, damn. Right. And you make it again, and ah, uh, you make it again, ah. Uh, and then it just, it hits you. That one moment where it hits you, it says, this is what has been missing this whole time. And it completely changes the dish. Yes. And it takes it to that next level. So just like with the ingredients to the dish or this one sample for the, for the beat, there's always that one thing that you need to go through to get you to the other side of that obstacle in your life that makes that hardship that you went through or that inconvenience worth it. Whew. It, it's, it's, it's gonna be, y'all check it. That's just a, a sample of, of what we're gonna give to you in this podcast. Like I said, we're gonna go off the beaten path and talking about music. Uh, we're gonna talk about life. We're gonna talk about love. We're gonna talk about churning. We're gonna talk about <laughs> everything. Everything. Because music, is everything is everything it's that's why they call it the universal language Mm -hmm. music has been around in every society that predates any of modern invention Mm -hmm. and that's for a reason because as we all know the drum represents the heartbeats the lifeblood of our existence and so very much that's a part of who we are music is the lifeblood of our existence. And like my co-host said, there was a time in her life, as it was with mine, when we felt as though music was the absolute only thing that we had. And we're and it got us through so much. And it and it continues to get us through so much. There's music that can take you through every single experience, every single emotion that you have in your life. And that is the most beautiful gift that we could have ever asked for. On that note, best friend slash co-host, I will ask you, which musician do you think has a catalog that most closely mirrors your life? Ooh. 
Wow. <sighs> that is going to be extremely hard, but I am a grown ass woman now. So some of the things that may not have applied to me when I was a little definitely apply now, but I'm going to actually probably surprise you with my answer. Uh-oh. Jilly from Philly. Oh, you know what? I mean, I'm not as, I'm not as surprised not? as you, as you okay. may think. Okay, so I was going to tell you there's going to hierarchy. My number one <laughs> guess was going to be Mary. Okay. That, that was going to be my number one guess. Mm -hmm. Jill wasn't too far behind. Mm -hmm. so she may not have been like my second guess or my third. Definitely top five guesses. Yeah. If I had that many. Jill Scott, um, all the way back to take a long walk and all that and he loves me and one is the magic number. Like all of that, I felt. I've I've been in a situation where I was ready to beat a bitch ass about my man. Um, there's just so many things. And I think as she evolved as an artist, I evolved as a woman. Mm. Um, when Jill first came out, I was in my early 20s. I still really hadn't experienced life in real love at that point. Um, but I always remember like listening to her music and some of the songs being like, wow, I can't wait till someone loves me that way. Um, obviously I'm still on the journey, but even her last body of work, I didn't love it when I first heard it, but I felt like listening to it over and over and over, Jill is changing in her life. Um, and I think that's obviously reflective in her music. She's changing on a spiritual level. And I also feel that I am doing the same. So I don't know, as I really think about like all the different albums and all the different feelings at those times, like I feel like she's right there with me and she's telling my story. No, that's, um, no, that is super powerful. Um, what happened was I asked myself that question because I was curious. You know, they say like, oh, if your life was a movie, what actor or actress would you have to play you? <laughs> and and to me, the only answer is Denzel. Duh. Um, I, I would have said... I don't know about no Denzel. He <laughs> might get a little Michael Ely or something. <laughs> Look, I ain't that light-skinned, though. And he, too, <laughs> and he too short. I actually random Michael Ely story. Um, when the Warriors won one of their championships... I remember, I, fresh off the plane from San Diego, took uh, took Poppy to Legoland. Mm -hmm. So got off the plane, ran to the Coliseum after they won to try to get to the team store mm -hmm. to buy some championship stuff. Right. And so I'm like, short, light-skinned dude. I'm like, that's Michael Ely. Like, what's up, Michael? Anyway, he's way too. He's super short, mm -hmm. super light-skinned. Definitely couldn't play me. I need some. I need. I need more caramel. Um. <laughs> But um, okay, Terrence Howard. Oh <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> okay, say man, man, man. <laughs> um, so let me see. Who, who's whose mm. catalog do I think mirrors? You know what? Um, I, I don't have an answer to that question. What I will say, mm. what artist I think embodies me? Now, don't laugh when I say this is probably Nipsey. 
not that I've ever been into gangbanging or I'm not from an inner city. Like I come from like a two parent middle class home <laughs> with the Catholic school. So I am not trying to front like I'm, you know, I come from the struggle. But for me, the thing is about the transformation of of who you are. Um, I think that I now am more and so comfortable with who I am and I've accepted so much about my journey that I'm unburdened by the mistakes that I've made because I was unsure of myself. Mm. Uh, I really was a person who tried to be everything to everybody but was never enough for myself. And so that led me to kind of lose sight of what was important. And so I hurt a lot of people along the way. Uh, I've tried my best to make amends and to apologize to those people that I've wronged. Um, and just try to be a better person, you know, because the best apology is changed behavior. Um, but taking it back to Nipsey, he's just always about, you know, preaching ownership, uh, upward mobility and growth. Uh, one of my favorite songs of his is called Perfect Timing. And and he in, in, the, in the song, he says, sometimes perfect timing seems like it's too late. Despite my mistakes, I still know I'm great. And I'm like, that's so powerful because sometimes we feel like we have to be perfect. When, when the most important thing is making progress, you know, you and I have talked yes. about that all the time about, you know, progress, not perfection. And sometimes it's hard to really believe those words because we let external forces kind of control our perception of how we move about in the world. But at the end of the day, it's just really about having an understanding and creating a framework of who you are and what you want for yourself and working very diligently towards that by putting mechanisms in place to get there and having a support system um, when, when you fall. Because we're all gonna fall, we're all gonna trip. But it's not about getting getting caught there. One of my, my, my family friends a long time ago had told me, um, he says, Tariq, everybody throws pity parties. Mm. What you need to do is be quick about it. Yeah. And don't, I was like, don't sit your bags down. Don't don't live in it. It's quick. You're in and out. Just like messing with an ex. Do not sit your bag down. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, for me, Nipsey just always about, you know, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. And so when I look at my life and I think we talked about this, you know, here we are, um, you know, at almost 40. And I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life in every aspect every aspect of my life and it's such a powerful realization like these are our prime years now mm -hmm. because we have the wisdom of our 20s and 30s and then moving into our 40s you know you know like you were talking about with uh you know with your schooling um and i always have wanted to go back uh and to finish and not that it makes me who i am it's, for me, it's it's just about getting to the place that I want to get to and and, and and reaching and attaining my goal. Because I feel like I have a, a, a bigger purpose. And me going back to school is going to allow me to fulfill my purpose. Not getting the paper. The paper is not going to legitimize me. It's just going to allow me to reach more people. Yes. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Because I understand that I have a responsibility to... Um, you know, those that come behind me 
to make sure that they are able to to be straight and live a life uh, of abundance. Maybe not of money, but of character. Um, and that 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 means something uh, to me. So that's that on that. Wow, that was that was a really good question. We got a chance to really get uh, really really get deep there. Um, so I told you about my favorite musician of all time. Who is yours and why? Oh, wow. So, my favorite musician of all time is actually Prince. Um, the why, I, I just, I've always loved Prince. I can probably say he was the first man that I ever thought that I loved. Um, heels, eyeliner, hair and all um prince did what he wanted to do um he made the type of music that he wanted to make and he didn't allow anyone to kind of basically tell him what to do um and i don't know if that was the part about him that made me envy him or love him um i've always kind of lived my life differently um i've lived for other people I've taken more care of others my whole entire life than I have of myself. Um, and just to be a person who can just say, fuck everybody and what they think, what they feel, and it's about me and what I want to do, like, that's the envy, I think, for me. But Prince, like, there's no other artist in the world like Prince. Like, mm. you cannot tell me any other artist that's fucking with Prince. I'm sorry. And even though he wasn't a dancer, I mean, he was back in the day, but not when I saw him. He had just had a hip replacement. Um, that was still the best concert I have ever been to in my whole entire life. And I've been to more than I can even count. I've seen the greats. I've seen Patty. Actually, I haven't seen Luther, unfortunately. R.I.P. Um, but I've seen... Maze, Frankie Beverly, I've seen the OJs, I've seen like some of the absolute greats, but nobody gave me a show like Prince gave me. Mm. Um, and it was pure showmanship. People literally were crying their eyes out just to be able to see him. It was almost like watching old school tapes of Michael Jackson when people would just be falling out all over the place and you see all these um gurneys just carrying people through the crowds i saw that on the uh, michael jackson history uh dvd when he was like in budapest yes. and they had like cloth shoots right and they were putting people <laughs> they were crowd surfing people bodies just dr guys if you if you feel so inclined i i, I, I may have to post this clip in the description box, but it's you have to see it. On the Michael Jackson History DVD, he's doing a concert in Budapest. Throngs of people, not throngs of people, guys, throngs of people. That means a lot, look it up if you don't believe me. And so, um, they couldn't get to everybody who was fainting. And so they had these like cloth, like shoots, if you will. They were crowd surfing bodies mm -hmm. to the ambulances. It was, it, it was wild. To your point, however, you're the second person 
who's our age who said they got to see Prince and said that it was the absolute best concert that they have ever seen. Mm-hmm. So um, that that goes to show I, I I am not necessarily a Prince fan, uh, like super fan. I have an appreciation for Prince. I, I just wouldn't say that I'm a fan. Uh, and maybe, you know, it can completely just be because I haven't been properly introduced to his music. I know all the big cuts. I'll introduce him. I mean, hey, please do. Um, but yeah, any man who's uh, bold enough to wear some jeans with the ass out, more power to you. I mean, he's still probably... Do you think they buried him <laughs> in the jeans with the ass out? No, but I'm pretty sure they buried him in some heels. <laughs> How many Wait. inches? Maybe only like three. A stiletto? Nah. Chunky? Nah, not full chunk, but the kind that like gradually get bigger. Okay. Yeah, so not like full stiletto, not full block. Got you. Um, He definitely had to have on a ruffled shirt. For sure. Um, And maybe the purple coat from Purple Rain. Okay. Maybe. All right. No, I can definitely see that. That'd be shit. That'd be wild. I know. That would be. And actually, I want to go to Paisley Park one day. Oh, that because would be... they turned it into a museum. I hella want to go. Oh, that's dope. Did he? Did the guitar get buried with him? Actually, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Prince, actually, his contribution to music, outside of just his music, was how he fought for ownership yes. against the music corp, against Warner Brothers. Um, and another great Michael Jackson bought his masters. So I think that I mean, that was that was dope too. Now, now that was a boss move from. Uh, Michael Jackson when he bought the Beatles masters yes. and all of that and then he used that to pay off Sony and mm-hmm. all that like there Michael Jackson and Prince powerhouses in the music industry and were able to do a lot chess moves yeah we're able to do a lot for um, musical artists today as far as having access and, and teaching them how to move strategically uh, within the business for sure and I think another thing that not a lot of people know um i'm pretty sure it's come out obviously um since his passing but prince gave back so much to people the community but he never wanted to be named Mm. um it like it was a thing like millions of dollars would show up for kids in different countries kids here um just i don't know he was he was a beautiful person um Although I can say he's probably written some of the nastiest songs I ever heard in my life. Probably. Those are also on the deluxe get the draws mixtape too. <laughs> um. <laughs> right, who do who, who you think was freakier, him or Rick James? Definitely Prince. Really? Mm-hmm. So let me tell you a story. Not that uh, I had no. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> this is for the record, um, my dad was telling me a, uh, was telling me some stories like so he um, when he when he was growing up. Well, he was actually was in high school. Um, him and my, you know how everybody got uncles and ain't they uncles? Yeah. <laughs> so him and my, his two best friends were to my uncles. Um, basically, they used to do security at the L.A. Forum, where they used to have all kind of concerts. Um, so he said that he used to see, like, Parliament. He said, no, he said that was the best um, concert that he'd ever seen. Um, was Parliament and Funkadelic. But in any case, uh, he said there was also some Rick James shows, and so he used to work backstage. So he said that everything, everything that was in the Chappelle skit about Rick James, like licking chicks' faces and acting wild and shit, 
all of that, my pops was like, all of that was for real. Oh my God. He said, all of that, he said Rick was a wild dude. Cause he used to do also do security um, for Tina Marie. Also got to put her on the on the white folk list. Yeah, definitely. Tina, I mean, but Tina's black. I'm sorry. <laughs> she is. She, Tina's black. <laughs> right. She was very melanin deficient, yes. but she had all the makings uh, of a sister. Yeah. Man. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, it has. This has been a lot of fun. So, guys, we really appreciate your time. Um, we we plan to do this on a regular basis. We haven't uh, established a cadence yet. But this is what you're going to get from us. Just real life conversation about music. Sometimes it'll be funny. <laughs> Sometimes it won't. Right. But it's always going to be enjoyable. And we really enjoy having the platform just to kind of discuss and chop it up about music and life. Because at the end of the day, what else do you have besides time? And why not fill it with the things and the people that you enjoy? Absolutely. Um, and just so you guys know, and you probably have heard that in this episode, my co-host is Chatty Kathy, and that's okay with me because I jump in where I feel I need to get in. Um, but he's going to be the one who is going to be a little more PC. I'm a little rough around the edges, so I'm going to cuss a lot. So I do apologize now. If you don't like potty mouth people. This is a family show. I, he's a whole ass lie. Um, this is definitely not for children. Um, if you are under the age of 18, just don't. And actually, I would love to put a 21 plus on it. But I'm just telling you guys that I speak when I really have something to say. Um, and I may be quick. He's long-winded, but you'll feel us both the same. Um, hopefully, you guys continue to rock with us. This has been something that I've been scared to do. T has kind of talked about this for a while. Um, and actually, I'm just happy to say that we just recorded our first episode. Um, so we'll edit this thing and get it out to you guys. And hopefully you come back for our next episode. Absolutely. Um, and on that note, I'll leave you with this. Life is a song. Choose your tune accordingly. Peace. Peace.